Hey everyone. We've got something a little bit different this episode. Coming up, I have a conversation with a couple of the creators of the YouTube web series, The Pantheon. It's a fun show. It's kind of a mashup of classical mythology and The Office and Silicon Valley. It's worth checking out. We have a good conversation about how they came up with the idea and what they think of mythology and how it plays a role in storytelling in our modern world. And we kind of get into it a little bit. I think you'll enjoy it. And we've got more of these conversations coming up. We'll continue to do our mythology episodes, just like always. But uh, for the next few months, at least, I'm going to intersperse some uh, conversations with pastors and uh, authors and musicians and artists and all sorts of people who might have a different perspective on the gods and our relationship with them. So there's some exciting things coming up here in the next few months. But for right now, let's have a conversation with the folks from the Pantheon. Hey everyone, this is TM. I'm excited to have a couple of guests on this episode. We are talking with Rebecca Luizel and Dan Fletcher, the uh, creators and directors from the YouTube web series, The Pantheon. Say hi, everybody. Hey, uh, <laughs> great, great to talk with you. Hello, we're, we're excited to be on the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to have you here. And as always, um, if you notice any mistakes that I make, um, you're allowed to make them too, and you can restart if you need to. And just for everyone at home, uh, we had to do this 19 times before I got the names right. That being said, um, I wanted to uh, start things off a little bit by having each of you sort of introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about your background, and if you can, give us your take on what the Pantheon show is all about. Sure. Um yeah, yeah, maybe I'll go first. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm, my name is Dan. Um, I'm a creator, writer, and software engineer out in Los Angeles. And um, yeah, we, we came up with the idea for the Pantheon um, working at a tech company out in Silicon Beach where, um, you know, the folks there who are the engineers, the ones who are actually like putting the software together, you know, make, make it all happen, like, these guys were basically off in another room, like doing something that like the rest of us like assumed was basically magic. <laughs> and, and, and it really kind of sparked this idea that like, you know, basically like we end up praying to like the little apps in our phone, the same way that folks used to play, pray to the Greek gods. And that, you know, you, you know, you want to control the weather, you look to your weather app, you want to find love, you look at your dating app. And, um, it just kind of spiraled for there. Like the idea that like, Oh, you know, if the Greek gods were still around and still doing what they had to do back in the day, you know, they do it with apps. And, uh, and so, yeah, so we, we spawned this, this workplace comedy about the Greek gods trying to survive in the modern tech world. And uh, it turned out to be a lot of fun. And I'll just add that I, I got involved actually partway into the whole process because Dan and I have been in a writing group um, together for about four years. It's been about that much anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, one day after writing group, he said, hey, you know, I'm wondering if you guys know of anybody that might be, if you guys know of any directors that might be interested in directing, um, you know, an episode of my web series. And I, and I said, well, what is it about? And um, some of my favorite shows happen to be Parks and Rec and Silicon Valley. And so since this is sort of like in the vein of those two shows, I was immediately on board if they would have me. And so um, I sent Dan my previous uh, directing reel. I had done a web series comedy a couple years before called L.A. Picker with some friends of mine. And um, they, they, they decided to give me a shot. And it was, it was a super fun um, experience to get involved. 
And if I'm correct, the origins of the show uh, kind of started with a Kickstarter campaign. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, we did a Kickstarter to get our pilot and uh, well, to get the pilot done. And uh, we were lucky enough to um, hit some stretch goals as well to make you know subsequent episodes after that. Um, yeah, but it was really good. Like people were on board from the beginning. Uh, it, it, it's been really fun. It's it's been an easy show to find people to come to come work for, um, because like I, I don't know, it, it's, something about it just seems to like inspire folks. Like it, it, every single time someone comes in, they're like, "Oh, what if we get this god in? What if we what if we work it like this?" <laughs> and like, yeah, because the, the opportunities are, are endless. Well, that definitely. You, I mean, the material itself, uh, even aside from the the Silicon Valley uh, setting, the material itself is rich enough that you've got a cast of characters to draw on. And and you know, for for the listeners at home, if you aren't familiar with the show yet, you should definitely check it out. Um, it's it's essentially the story of a startup, uh, as Dan and Rebecca were saying. And there's uh, uh, sort of the CEO uh, who's Zeus and then various uh, uh, other Olympian gods and uh, demigods who are sort of working as the developers and uh, software engineers and marketing people. So you've got Hades and Aphrodite and Athena and Perseus and all sorts who sort of come in and out and a little bit like a it's a mad, 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 mad mythology type office setting. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to kind of watch and say, uh, at least at the outset, okay, who is this person? Oh, right. Okay. That that's Hermes. Okay. Now who's this one? And kind of trying to pick them out, um, based on what's going on. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I, um, I was, as I was watching and kind of rewatching the show, I was wondering, um, and, and maybe Dan, we'll start with you. I was wondering about kind of your, uh, sort of, uh, relationship with mythology in terms of if you were real familiar with it growing up, if it was something that you'd studied in school or kind of how you got introduced to uh, some of the older myths just on your own personal level. Yeah. Like growing up, I, I don't know. I mean like Disney's Hercules was kind of a big one, but um, I mean, beyond that it was, um, it was actually, I think the Kevin Sorbo TV show. That that one was always on in the background when I was sure the, the Her- Hercules the, the legendary journeys I think indeed and uh, yeah from there um, you know like I I think the the reading comes up in a lot of like high school and middle school classes yep and then um, I was a theater minor uh, when I got my undergrad degree and um, yeah read a lot of the classics um, oh sure. Um, uh, especially the theater things like Iphigenia and, um, I don't know, uh, other, other Greek plays, <laughs> there are more out there. Absolutely. Uh, Sophocles, you know, you've got Oedipus, you've got, I mean, there's a sort of a, a kind of a rich vein, but it's pretty limited because a lot of texts are lost or they only have fragments. So you have Aristophanes and Euripides um, and, and Sophocles, and then there's just sort of these little uh, connections between them. Um, but yeah, yeah, those are the definitely kind of the, the, um, uh, usual suspects that you end up bumping into in a lit class, um, mm-hmm. or if you're in theater, uh, you know they'll they'll make you go back to the classics. And and um, I don't I you know I I have a theater background as well, and I've always wondered if if um, you know sort of putting people into the classics um, is maybe just a way for them to understand kind of the form. And then also be really grateful that they don't have to do those kinds of plays on a regular basis, and they can go straight <laughs> into realism. Um, a little bit flippant, but uh, but you know I I, uh, I I saw a wonderful production of um, Oedipus years ago, and it was all done in a classical Greek style with masks and very presentational, and it was super impressive, but a little bit lifeless. Um, it lacked you know kind of the raw energy that you kind of want from live theater. So uh, uh, you know you can kind of be forgiven for loving the stories, but maybe not always loving the execution of them. Yeah, it, 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 it takes a special approach, I think. Um, one, one of the phrases that always came up a whole bunch, I remember, in, in my theater classes, was talking about phenomenology. Yep. The, the idea of, of you know being, being in the space, in the black box, or what have you, and, and, the, and the, the fact that it's really happening in front of you, and it, it's like the, the dead coming to life, essentially. I, um, 
that that always struck me whenever I, I see some some like live replay. It's on the, the birds pretty recently. Oh wow, yeah, and um, that was a great production. But um, so yeah, so I, I don't know, yeah, so like in that 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 uh, that classical background, I think was just kind of lingering in the back of my mind, and yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know what what it was about like you know working at a tech company that kind of awoken that in me, and I kind of put two and two together, but just the the, the strange connections you make, I guess. Well, sure. But I think the thing you said is really interesting just about how, um, you know, a lot of our relationships with technology um, are kind of uh, supplementing um, maybe sort of religious experience or religious type relationships. Um, You know, like you said, if we want to divine something or know the weather, we go to an app for it. You know, we we don't these are the ways we tell the future. These are the ways we, you know, connect. These are the ways we even kind of uh, frame our own existence. And I suppose in some ways that's maybe the function for, of religion for at least some people. Um, so, you know, I think there's, I think it's valid, I guess is what I'm saying. If, if you needed my validation, um, you know, there, <laughs> there you go. Rebecca, how about you? Did, do you uh, have a background with mythology? Were you uh, exposed to it uh, early on, or was it something that you came to a little bit later, or even just in this project? Well, yeah, I was exposed to it in high school, um, and then I believe in college I also, uh, I don't remember what literature class I had where we did some reading of Greek mythology, um, and then I I grew up in Minneapolis-St. Paul primarily, and we had the Guthrie Theater. I remember seeing Oh, sure there uh, at one point um i don't remember exactly how old i was um you know so there's uh i've always been a reader even before i became a filmmaker uh, my family i actually grew up without a tv for part of my childhood so um you know i've always read above grade level for better or for worse exposed to some stuff too early that i probably shouldn't have read that early but <laughs> times um but yeah so I, I had read stuff and then i had kind of forgotten I kind of forgotten about it for many years. And then with this project, I was thinking, you know, this is actually really kind of fun. Dan had mentioned that he had submitted um, to like a literature uh, web series festival. And I, and I kind of made a connection for myself, which was that, you know, reading is my first love and to do something that's kind of based on, um, you know, that, that, uh, you know, mythology is, is really quite fun, really, really um, kind of combining my love of literature and my love of film. So that was another way that I kind of related to the project, I guess you could say. That's great. I, I, I too grew up uh, reading um, uh, and also going through periods of time where we didn't have a television or at least not a working one. Um, uh-huh. And, and, we had, I, and you know, full disclosure, in case you haven't figured it out, I'm a complete and utter mythology nerd. Um, and not just classical mythology, all mythologies, my whole uh, existence and day-to-day life when I'm not, um, you know, being a grown-up and having a proper job is thinking about or writing about mythology and uh, uh, so, or reading about it. And and so it's it's uh, one of those things that's really near and dear to my heart. Um when I was when I was watching the show, I went through kind of an interesting uh, uh, sort of adjustment that I wanted to tell you guys about because I I, I think you might find it interesting. Um, um, I'll give you a little bit of background about myself. My listeners already know this because they've heard me whine about it. But um, I grew up in a very religious household. Um, um, my father is a Baptist minister, um, and over time, my um, beliefs and faith, if you will, have kind of evolved and changed to the point where um, nothing I believe in looks in any way normal to most normal people. Um, you know, I, I kind of have this philosophy of if you are looking for faith or, or belief, um, at least for me, it made more sense to kind of find those things and, and kind of made make them handmade as opposed to just kind of taking on somebody else's uh, religion or beliefs or dogma and kind of adopting them as my own um which as i i know is a really snooty thing to say but it it works for me i'm not prescribing it for everybody but but along with that what sometimes happens is you slip into the old habits um you know and you think about your gods uh in the same way that people think about their gods um you know and and we've all seen on uh, you know, in, in kind of popular media depictions of, you know, sort of uh, uh, 
I'll say traditional deities like the last temptation of Christ or things like that, where um, if someone doesn't like the depiction of uh, their God, uh, they can get pretty pissed off. And, um, you know, uh, and even kind of thinking about uh, Islam and being completely forbidden to portray God in any way and thinking about uh, uh, uh Judaism and how that you can't have any graven images and and just these ideas of the the representation of any god kind of being problematic or dangerous or forbidden has always been kind of interesting to me because I love stories about gods and I love movies and and music and any kind of art that deals with mythology or gods is is something I'm always really interested in and I had this interesting experience of watching your uh, show where I had to adjust to the fact that these weren't my versions of the gods, right? Um, uh, it's kind of like watching, uh, you know, a, a comic book movie and saying, well, I grew up with this character and they didn't do it right. And there's that same kind of knee-jerk reaction of, well, you know, my Hades is a very different kind of Hades. And, you know, kind of, and they're going, well, w- well, wait a minute, you know, I mean, the gods are pretty fluid and pretty flexible. And I criticize people all the time for trying to put God into a box and make it what they want it to be and shaping God or their gods to kind of conform to their ideas. And I caught myself being guilty of that same thing when I was watching your show a little bit. And it was sort of like, all right, maybe you just need to calm down and just, you know, watch the show and enjoy it. Um, um, And I I wondered about that as I was watching it. and not to put you on the spot uh, by any stretch. You don't have to. Uh, I'm not. I'm not looking to to uh, you know burn you or anything. But I'm just curious if you thought at all about this because, as odd as it sounds, there are people still in the world today, uh, tens if not hundreds of thousands of them who worship l- seriously and and kind of mindfully worship these same deities that you were portraying. And I was just curious. If at any point as you were working on things, if you had any inkling or thought about, okay, we're kind of touching things that are, you know, not just characters in a story, but some people see them at a more elevated way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I like I, I definitely have thought of it. Let me, let me try to put it into words. Like, I, I think we 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 definitely I mean like comic book approach is is, is very accurate and, and then yep. I do think we use um you know we we use kind of the for a lot of many of the gods in the show where maybe only get a couple lines here and there like we do kind of get the cliff notes version of them um and it, it it was interesting because I I think eventually like as the show went on as as we got into like our last couple episodes um. Like it, it, it's I. I really see them as not. It, it's not trying to be like the original versions. I think you know what. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, maybe we start that off in the on the at the very beginning by like you know that we that we did a gender swap on Hades, right? And and that like this is like this is definitely going to be our interpretation of it. I, I think um, I'm talk, talking about influences. Uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods was a big one. Sure. And, um, and and just kind of this idea of these gods kind of being reincarnated for each new generation, and um, I definitely see the gods in our show as being the these very kind of young, naive iterations of, of these classical types, and that they're they're trying to figure things out just as well, and that it's not trying they're not trying to be these broad mythic supernatural entities as much as they are uh, just regular people with a with a certain twist to them sure and i would just add that i you know for, i always sort of have in mind that yeah i think when you're directing part of your task is to find the humanity of your characters so i sort of think think of it as you know the gods are human too i'm sure that will offend some people but <laughs> well you know that's their problem you know, from the storytelling standpoint, that's sort of how I was thinking about it. Um, but you definitely bring up some interesting points, um, you know, as well. Yeah, it's and it's and it's honestly one of those things where I I I think about it in a lot of different ways and kind of go back and forth on it because I write a lot. Um, I write about. Uh, various mythologies i use the gods and as characters um and you know there's always that 
element uh, in my head of at some point or another going, all right, who's, you know, am I, am I doing good service to the character, not necessarily worrying about the God? I mean, if a God is a God, I mean, you would assume they can take care of themselves, right? Um, there's a, uh, there's a book um, by a, a guy named Steve Moore, his name, uh, he's written a few books, uh, he's passed away recently, but um, he has a book called Somnium, which is about the goddess Selene, the goddess of the moon. And uh, there's a passage in the book where one of the characters is talking to that goddess and asking her, you know, is it is it offensive to you um, when you see people painting pictures of you and you're naked or uh, writing songs about you that talk about you in pretty lascivious ways or telling stories about you that are kind of comical or, you know, putting their spin on it? You know, does that offend you? And the goddess kind of laughs and says, not really. Any representation is worship and I'm just grateful for it. Um, and I think that's kind of an interesting little construct. Obviously, these are not just characters in a book, but they're characters in a book. But I was thinking about that even uh, while you were talking, uh, uh, Dan, about, you know, like American gods and thinking of these things as the latest iteration. Um, it in some ways almost connects back to the software world as well, where you've got, uh, you know, um, kind of agile development and new iterations of a program that come out and new versions and there are upgrades and some of them sometimes have bugs and some of them sometimes get retired for new ones. And, uh, there, there may be a good metaphor in there somewhere uh, that I'm not finding as it relates to kind of the way that gods kind of evolve through our culture too. Um, but enough about me. Um, I, I, I do think there's something there because I, it, you know, um, it's funny, like, you know, undergrad, I studied theater and, and, and uh, creative writing. I, I went on to get a film degree. And now, um, so what happens since I, I wound up as a, as a software engineer as, as well as a creator. And uh, in seeing both sides of the world, like the, the, the idea of the, the iterative software process, it's very, it's very profane. There is no, no, nothing, nothing is sacred. And basically anything that came before you is is trash that needs to be thrown away and replaced as quickly as possible with the newest, shiniest uh, iteration. And I don't and, and maybe that, that was something working on some level about the idea of like these old gods trying to, you know, still value themselves in a in a culture that doesn't value them as much. Yeah. Yeah, and and even knowing that uh, these gods in particular, the the Greek gods, were latter iterations of of pre-civilization gods that sort of got picked up from other cultures and brought in and and adapted, and then of course the Romans took them further, and you know there's always that kind of movement moving them forward. I think I think it's valid. I think it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious uh, in. And in, in, as you approached sort of the story and were thinking about things, how did you choose which gods you wanted to include in the story? Um, I don't know. It, I mean, there, there are some, I don't know. It, it, it just kind of seemed right when it seemed right. And a, a little, there was a little bit of, you know, just, uh, you know, casting to it, like basically like, sure. you know, like, oh, you know, like we, you know, he, here are these folks we have on hand. Here's someone we think would be great in the show. And like, this is how they'd, they'd kind of fit into that world. And we're like, and you can kind of see, I think it, it, it's also mostly, I think once we settled on the Hades Zeus dichotomy is kind of our main conflict. Yep. I think there then classical relationships to other gods kind of informed how the rest of the pantheon filled out. Um, in terms of like, if you, if you're going to have Hades, like you're going to have Persephone and like, uh, you know, how do, how do we mix that up a little bit and how does, how does that relationship work in the world of the show and things kind of just spiral out from there. I think it, it, it's really just like a hodgepodge of like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of one of those, where do your ideas come from? <laughs> it is a little bit. This next question is worse. Um, were there any gods that you wanted to use but couldn't really find a way to to fit them into the story you were telling oh absolutely there I, I mean like we're, we're we're gearing up to do a season two whenever oh great whenever the the pieces can fall into place um 
but yeah like i mean one of the big things is like i'd love to get just like other mythologies in there like there if, if you watch the show yeah. like kind of closely there there are a couple little hints that um you know the egyptian pantheon is out there the voodoo pantheon is out there yep um they're they're kind of inhabiting the same space as, as these guys but um yeah but like even with the greek gods i know like uh, you know we have zeus and i there, there's got to be a, a moment where Hera makes a big entrance. I was kind of hoping for it um, because that's sort of a fun relationship um, in a lot of different, uh, even contemporary t- retellings of those myths. Um, so yeah, you should hold out for that one in season two. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. There's so many options. Uh, yeah. Artemis. Absolutely need to get Artemis and Apollo in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Tons of options and all, all the different demigods as well. We didn't touch on Theseus and Odysseus and well, wait, is he even a demigod? I don't even know. Odysseus? No. I think he's a couple of generations removed, but uh, Hermes is his, I want to say, grandfather. So yeah. I think I think there's some god blood in there, but it's a little bit watered down, yeah. um, uh, if I recall uh, my Homer correctly. Um, um, Rebecca, when you were kind of starting to work on uh, directing for the, that third episode, you were coming in. I, I don't know how, how, well, let me start here. How involved were you in kind of the development process leading up to uh, your episode? Were you uh, reading scripts? Were you involved in even just the other parts of the production or were you coming in just for that one episode? So um, Dan can speak better to the early part of the first two episodes because they were done a little previous to the second two episodes. Okay. Um, and I sort of heard about from Dan here or there because of being in the writing group with him. But, um, you know, it wasn't until that I was gearing up to direct that I started watching the first two episodes over and over again. <laughs> um, just trying to kind of analyze the look and feel that I was coming into and try and do yeah. something in a similar vein um and then i was also invited to give script notes which i did to the best that i could as far as coming in when i came in um and um and then pre-production started and so we were working on well the cast was already set so we did do a table read with the cast so i could meet the cast great Um, I, I think, like, I, I, I was actually a little bit nervous going into that because I loved the uh, each of the actors' work that I'd seen so far. And um, one, of, one of my things as a director is always to remind myself that my – not to let my excitement turn into nerves, I guess you could say, because – I knew I was coming in to work with a talented, talented cast. So um, that was that was super fun and and motivating. Um, and then uh, we also had we had to kind of figure out. We were so um, fortunate to be able to shoot at an actual uh, you know uh, tech company. Um, and so I sort of uh, angled to make multiple visits to the space so I could plan out shots and where to shoot and things like that. And also because there were so many options, we sort of had the run of the place, which is really rare in, yeah. in LA to be able to have the run, the run of a great location like that. I also was a little bit kind of over eager and um, probably should have not really move around parts of the campus quite as much as we did, but, but we had a, a great time doing it. And, I was sort of like this kid in a candy store with um, with great actors, great crew, and great location. So that was one of the things I really liked about the the first episodes, the first four episodes, um, was just the variety of location. Um, you started over the course of the season to get a sense of just the geography of things, and it right. wasn't a disconnected. Uh, here's the kitchenette and disconnected hallway and disconnected entrance room because of the way that things were staged out. And I think in particular in the third episode, there are quite a, a lot of scenes compared to some of the other episodes that are in different spots. And so it sort of fills in the blanks a little bit and it, you can tell it's a real space. I, I work in, uh, in my real day job, I work in marketing and advertising in a open office environment with, uh, you know, designers and people and, and you can tell what's a real space and what's not. And, and I thought it was, I thought it was nice to have it be authentic like that. Great. Yeah. I'm glad that came through. 
Yeah, no, we we were very very lucky to get the the resources that we did. <laughs> the the that we were able to pull this show off with the the limited amount of funds at our beck and call uh, was just a testament to how many like amazing favors and uh, folks going above and beyond to like really kind of come together as a as a group and pull this off. You mentioned kind of uh, scripting and writing a little bit, and I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about sort of the writing process. Um, I know each episode had a writer, or I think there might have been one episode that was co-written, if I recall correctly. How much on the day of the shoot were you adhering to the script versus uh, allowing for kind of organic uh, changes or even input from actors? I don't know. It doesn't feel like an improvised uh, performance to me at any point, but I was just curious how much you, uh, you know, sort of evolved or changed things as things happened in the moment. Oh yeah. No, I mean the, the, the structure of the, of the scenes was pretty, not set in stone, but was, was pretty, pretty strong. Like I, I definitely want to at least everyone had very strong rails to follow from the get go, but like we were actually very, very open about um, getting the actors involved in the process. And um, like Becca mentioned, we did uh, like table reads and stuff. And, we, and uh, every time we did it, we'd run through the script as is, and then run through it again, just like as loose as possible. And just like, let the direct, let the actors like just go nuts um, and just like riff to their heart's content. And then a lot of that would kind of inform later drafts of the script. And so like they'd throw stuff in during that part of the process. And then like the day of like a lot of the, um, a lot of the talking heads, um, you know, we'd have like the couple points we'd want them to get across. And then we just maybe shoot for like another, like, 20 minutes to an hour just like throwing off jokes um uh Bo or actor who plays Zeus was fantastic about that um just like pulling in a lot of them did some really good research onto like the the actual myths of their other characters and uh, they'd be able to like contribute as well in that way um so yeah, so they so uh, yeah, a lot of them like really got into it and would be like, oh, you know, like you know, my character is like really obsessed with bread, so like we can can get that in there. And so it was a very very collaborative process. Gotcha. Uh, that of course would be Demeter. Um, yeah, sorry, Rebecca, what were you gonna say? Yeah, and that was part of the fun of it too. Um, you know, when I direct comedy, we usually do some improv along the way, just because sometimes you get even better jokes, you know, from the actors improving um, yep. on top of kind of the structure that you you know set out in the script, just like Dan is saying. Um, and and that that Dan and company were so open to that was was really fantastic. And so they're they're all really great <laughs> comedic actors. They all. Um, you know, Zeus, uh, Bo, who plays Zeus, Laura, who plays Hades, um, and also, uh, I don't know if this is okay, Dan, you can us edit out, but, but Dan's wife <laughs> played Demeter, and so, and she did some really oh. great yeah. as well, so. Yeah, she's, um, she's terrific. I really like the, uh, scene, uh, with her and Persephone, where it's kind of a, a disapproving mom, and, and don't call me mom at work. I thought that was a really fun little, little, uh, scene. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, um, yeah. And I think, I think that was, uh, yeah, that, that was suggested like from the actresses, I believe to like, to like, Oh, we get, we like, we have to have a scene together. Like we, you know, the first three episodes, like they're both there, but they never, we never see them interact up at that point. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah make it happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Our actors are all great. Yeah. If you're ever, ever in LA, they're all, they're always out there doing like improv and sketch shows like all over the place. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit earlier um, some of the casting decisions that you made, and one in particular, which I think is probably the most distinctive one, uh, is, is sort of gender swapping uh, Hades uh, with uh, Laura, is the actress's name? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, sort of what was the origin of kind of flipping that? And as a follow-up question, why didn't you gender swap any other roles, you know, along those same lines? Um, well, we, uh, I mean, the two we did were, um, well, yeah, so yeah, the the two things we did were one, yeah, uh, yeah, Hades, Hades as a woman, um, uh, played by Laura, like that decision, I, it's something like it was in some of the early brainstorming meetings we had. Okay. 
And I really, I don't know why it, I, I think we, we had a little bit of a trouble when, when like we had the original idea and then we we're trying to figure out like, it, it's that question, like who do, who do we include? Who do we, like, we only have, so, you know, you, you can't get everybody. Right. And it was something, something about like, you know, like there was that, um, what was that movie? It was called like Immortals or something. No, 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 no. It was the new um, Clash of the Titans movie. Yes. Um, where they had, you know, Zeus and Hades kind of going back and forth. And, and it just didn't quite work. And it, it was something about the power dynamic of it. And I, and I think it, it's yep. something about like, um, you know, like the representation for women in the, in the tech industry is horrible. Um, and and also in mythology, so you know, yeah, there's a parallel. Uh, yeah, so so I I do think the the you know the core myth of like you know Hades and like you know obviously Hades and Lucifer get mixed up a whole bunch, yep, um, yep. just in, in our our pop culture interpretation of it. But but the idea of, of you know the 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 lesser sibling who's banished to the the underworld and has to kind of and is a little bitter about it. I, I, that, that, there was just something about it like really interesting starting point there for like an office based comedy where so many people like you know maybe you're not in that exact role where you want to be and like you know there are all these people around you who seem to have more power and like how do you how do you fit in and how do you find out who you are in that space? And I think that's where it, where it kind of came from. Um, and then, uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, we do have, uh, Poseidon does, does still identify as male in our show, but it is played by a, um, uh, an actress who identifies as female. I thought it was, and I thought both of the actresses were terrific. I, I really enjoyed uh, their different performances and I enjoyed watching their characters develop over the course of the episodes. Um, uh, where you could kind of see as more discoveries were made in the story, uh, it sort of informed more character discoveries, and and I really and that's why I was glad to hear that there's going to be a second season uh, in the works because I I sort of want to see where where things go from there with with not just the two of them but with all of them, um, and to be sure as you as you said the you know not just the tech industry but the world in general is definitely um, uh, tilted. Uh, uh, to put it lightly, and I say that, you know, with all awareness of being a a big, dumb, old white guy. Um, and, you know, that being said, I, you know, Rebecca, as, as a woman kind of coming in and uh, being a director and a writer and a producer, um, what were you able to do with, with your episode and the things you were doing to kind of help draw out some of those themes and highlight those things a little bit more? Well, what I was seeking to do, and of course the audience will be the judge of whether or not I was successful in this, um, was, uh, and, and Dan and I talked about this at, at certain points, what, so in episode three we have a moment of alliance between Hades and Aphrodite, and, and so we yeah. think of in some ways as almost like the sisterhood, right? So they're discovering that they're, they're um, they're sisters in arms, I guess you could say. So, um, and, um, you know, it, it sort of, because they have very different um, personalities, obviously, and they have very different ways about them, but they both, you know, seek to um, kind of control their sphere, you know? And so by making, uh, they, they have a little bit of a coming together, sort of a, you know, a, hopefully almost touching scene where instead of fighting with each other, they are, you know, um, allying or, or maybe even making a little bit of a deeper connection. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was kind of the, the thinking with that, the, the, the goal with that, I guess you could say. Um, and, you know, I, it, it's interesting because, you know, you, you're, you're saying in the Greek gods and also in, um, the tech industry, and and then of course also in the film industry, um, you know, w women's voices aren't heard as much, and the statistics, sorry, the statistics um, bear that out. And so, um, to be able to, um, you know, sort of have the space to play. Um, and be able to contribute is um, 
well, it's really fun for one thing, and 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 it's a bit of a privilege also. Um, and the good thing for me, at least, about this collaboration was that it felt like a collaboration. You know, I've had other collaborations in the film um, industry that. Um, didn't go as smoothly and you know gender roles were perhaps a part of that at, mm. at certain so um it's I, I think it's a testament to dan and and everybody else um you know on on the team that um that that that's the case yeah i'll, I'll say yeah it was it was a very it was a very great set to be on like everyone was very supportive uh, you know no one was hucking coffee bugs at each other <laughs> And it was, uh, yeah, hope, yeah, hopefully a place that, that people felt, felt welcome. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I think you can kind of get a sense of it too, with some of the behind the scenes, um, uh, kind of mini episodes that are out on YouTube. Um, you can get a little bit more of a sense of, of, I think almost kind of a casual atmosphere of people um, being pretty comfortable with each other, um, which is, you both know is not always the case on productions of any kind, um, right. let alone workplace. Um, and, and Rebecca, I wanted to go back to something you said, uh, a, a minute ago, as you were talking about, um, sort of the alliance that forms between Hades and Aphrodite, there's that interesting moment. I don't remember which one of them says it, uh, perhaps they both do, and I'll get the line wrong, uh, naturally, but the, um, there's sort of that understanding that they come to in that little moment of kind of quiet, uh, uh, agreement where they say we could have gotten a lot more done together if we right. hadn't been fighting. And I thought that was pretty interesting, not just on, you know, a gender level, uh, but even just on a human level. Um, you know, I think, I think there's a kind of a nice little, uh, lesson or moral, even though I, I don't think it's hitting anybody over the head or anything like that. I just, I, I appreciated it. I liked it a lot. And I, um, it put me in mind a little bit to uh, this this uh, gender swapping question uh, from casting point of view. Put me in mind a little bit of just what what happens as you go back and look at the older versions of the myths, and mm -hmm. and you know you go further and further back. There's less gender inequality in a lot of them because they start to get closer in some cases to uh, more matriarchal. Uh, cultures, and so there, there is there are very strong uh, goddesses uh, that you know inform uh, Demeter and Hera and Persephone and Athena. These you know kind of proto uh, goddesses that that really were the sort of the original source material, if you will, were incredibly strong. And, you know, didn't, wouldn't have taken shit from anybody. And so there's, you know, there's this nice idea of, of sort of things, I think, in little ways and in big ways of things kind of curling back towards a balance, um, um, not just in mythology, but in stories and culture. And gee, wouldn't it be nice if that was true moving forward? He said, trying to avoid a big, long political rant. Um, <laughs> Out. we can take some lessons yeah yeah it would, it would work out nicely um and you know that actually that just brings me to one last thing i wanted to say and this isn't really for the two of you but i've been thinking about this um kind of because of my own reaction to the show at the outset and sort of adjusting my brain to uh not be so uh precious uh with my version of things and my version of the gods but really kind of enjoying the sort of a new rich perspective, um, but also so reminding myself that, um, you know, despite my background, um, it's it's always important to remember that that for the Greeks, their mythology, their stories weren't seen as holy scripture. Uh, they weren't. They don't have a Bible, right? Uh -huh. Um, uh, these were stories that were uh, told, um, they were shared through oral history, they were written down at different points, but at no point were they seen as sacred texts. And I think in a lot of ways that that makes them so much more interesting and fluid as they evolve through society. And we see the story of Hades and Persephone change from the earliest versions to uh, the Greek version, to the Roman version, to, uh, you know, the Victorian version, and even into modern times. And I'm, I'm fascinated by that kind of uh, evolution 
of story and how it sort of echoes back on itself and and these these ripples bounce back and forth between different stories and influence each other and the lines between literature and mythology and religion get really fuzzy when you look at things that way. And I'm just, I, I just want to say thank you for um, kind of adding your piece to it. Um, I, I think it's a good addition and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, and I've enjoyed talking with you. I'm, I'm curious what's, what's next for both of you. Um, yeah, well, yeah, thank, thank you so much. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it's been great talking to you as well. Um, yeah, next for me, I, um, not not officially announcing it yet, but I'm I'm working on a uh, an audio drama podcast. Uh, oh, great! An eye out for that. Um, uh, yeah, shouldn't say too much until until things are more finalized. But um, yeah, and then yeah, you know we have we have so many ideas for season two of the Pantheon. It's just about um, yeah getting the pieces in place to make that happen. And I will also say I, I really enjoyed chatting with you, and I feel like I've gotten some new perspectives also on on the Greek gods. And now I feel like I need to go do some homework and learn more <laughs> about the gods. So, well, so my work here is done. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then as far as what's next for me, I actually I have an old project that right now is on um, Amazon All Voices is competing in that um, competition. So it's called Gender Freak. It's my MFA thesis film. And um, it, it had a good festival run and went into distribution. And um, if folks watch it, I don't know when your podcast is going up, but if folks watch it before June 24th and rate it, we may get to the second round where we would compete for cash, which would oh. be great if we want to shoot a sizzle reel for a feature film that's also, it, it's a story about a um, genderqueer teenager and a straight girl who become friends through their mutual love of punk rock music. And we have a feature film that is also about LGBTQ youth um kind of finding themselves so we'd love to get some cash to to help us shoot that fantastic uh, where can people find both of those um so as far as uh, on if you have amazon prime just search gender freak and it should pop up and you can watch it for free or included with your prime and then just you know rate us highly if you will <laughs> and uh um and then um the the um the the feature is not anywhere because it's not yet made but got it got um, it you know we oh. will uh, we'll have a presence at some point when we're really kind of getting closer to it I just want to say thanks very much for for talking with me. I, I enjoyed the conversation, and I'm really excited to hear where things go from here, uh, not just with the show, but with both of you and your careers. So uh, please keep in touch. And, you know, as always, um, to all the listeners out there, thanks for listening. Thanks so much. Thank you. our show. Thanks very much for listening. As I said at the top of the show, we're going to have more of these conversations over the next few months. So if there's somebody you'd like to hear on the show, send me a note. You can reach me on facebook.com slash findyourgods, twitter.com slash findyourgods. You can also reach out to tmcamp at findyourgods.com or just go to findyourgods.com and click on contact. One way or another, I'll get the message. The music this week is from the wonderful and obscure Adam Peterson. I would give you a link, but there's no real way to find his music apart from me, so be nice to me and I'll share more of it with you. The next mythology episode should be up in about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. And then we'll have another interview, more mythology, interview, mythology, all the way through to the end of the year. As always, this recording is written, produced, and performed by T.M. Camp. That's this guy. And unless otherwise noted, everything in this recording is the creation and property of TM Camp, and to do anything with it without my written express permission is kind of a dick move, and a violation of copyright law, and one way or another, 
It'll catch up with you if I don't first. As always, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And may your gods bless you. Okay, we're done now. <laughs> that sounded very grown up at the end there. I apologize. No, 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 it was very official. Um, thank you very much. This is uh, this. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. I, um, like I said, you're my first interview, so I, I really appreciate you kind of putting up with me, uh, uh, humbling or humbling. I'm. I'm not humble, uh, fumbling around <laughs> with uh, uh, various uh, uh, questions and things as I tried to find my way through the maze of my own thoughts. Um, and well, I'm excited to hear about these projects. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I would not have guessed this was your first interview. So yeah, I think no, it, it, was a, it was a very good conversation. I, I, yeah, a lot, lot, of, lot of critical thinking.